Welcome to the Not Old Better Show Inside Science Interview Series on Radio and Podcast. I'm Paul Vogelsang, and today's show is brought to you by CastleFlex for stretching and mobility, and Babbel, the language for life. As part of our Inside Science Interview Series, we have an amazing interview with Dr. Christy Tuff DeSapri. Thank you so much for listening today. We have got a great guest in Dr. Christy Tuff Sapri, who I will be introducing in just a moment. Dr. Christy Tuff DeSapri will be talking to us today about May being the awareness month for postmenopausal osteoporosis, known as PMO. Dr. Christy Tuff DeSapri will join us in just a moment, but quickly, if you missed any episodes last week, was our 715th episode when I spoke with science writer Dr. Mark Seaver about his new book, Ozone Therapy for the Treatment of Viruses. Two weeks ago, I spoke with Sally 80. Sally 80's new book, We Are Electric, inside the 200-year hunt for our body's bioelectric code and what the future holds. Excellent subjects for our Not Old Better show audience. If you missed those shows, along with any others, you can go back and check them out with my entire back catalog of shows, all free for you there on our website, notold-better.com. You can Google Not Old Better and get everything you need about us. Although topics like sexual health, muscle decline, and skin elasticity related to women's aging are abundantly covered, we've talked about them here on the Not Old Better show. But bone health is often neglected and something all women of every age need to prioritize. Osteoporosis is a chronic disease that shouldn't be accepted as a normal part of aging, and there are options available to treat PMO. As a national leader in the field of bone health and menopause, Dr. Christy Tuff DeSapri truly believes that women deserve to function at optimal health and are gatekeepers to their family's health. Dr. Christy Tuff DeSapri started Bone and Body Women's Health with the goal of matching what midlife women want from a medical visit with her desire to spend quality time and expertise with her patients. May is the perfect time to make our audience here on the Not Old Better Show aware of the importance of bone health and other topics related to aging. So please let me introduce you and let's learn more about postmenopausal osteoporosis, PMO, from Dr. Christy Tuff DeSapri. Dr. Christy Tuff DeSapri, welcome to the program. Thank you, Paul, for having me. It's great to talk to you. We are in the midst of an important month. It's uh, um, time to spread awareness about postmenopausal osteoporosis and all that goes along with women's both health. Uh, you are a specialist in that area of medicine. And I wonder if we can start there. Would you explain a little bit about postmenopausal osteoporosis and 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 how that really ranks in, in terms of importance to women's health? Because there are, there are a lot of issues that women face very, very different from men's health, of course, obviously, but but an important distinction. I wonder if you'd help make that for us. Sure. So 
when we think about you know bone health in general, um, it's really important to you know think about the what we're trying to prevent when we talk about osteoporosis, which is a fracture. And a lot of you know my patients and, and women come to me and don't understand what osteoporosis is. It sort of doesn't have you know the the same media attention that other conditions like you mentioned at midlife might have, such as breast cancer or cardiovascular disease. But osteoporosis means that um, it's a condition of uh, weaker bones or where your bones are, or your skeleton um, are weaker or more fragile, and that predisposes you for an increased risk of something called an osteoporosis-related fracture, which is a fracture of your wrist, a hip fracture, a spinal fracture. Um, a majority of these happen from falls. Um, however, a lot of other uh, Times fractures can occur from just a twist or a bend, such as spinal fractures. Um, and as you mentioned, it's really important that we uh, evaluate and know about osteoporosis and understand what our bone mineral density is and what our risk for fracture is, because women are living longer. Um, I primarily see postmenopausal, peri and postmenopausal women, and we know now with um, longevity and our lifespan and health span that women are living a third uh, to sometimes even a fifty percent of their life in the postmenopausal years, depending on when uh, you have the menopause transition. So. Um, when we think about osteoporosis, we're really trying to prevent fractures to with the goal of, uh, you know, living and aging well, um, gracefully uh, and independently. I will tell you that th this is a, a personally very important subject to me. My mom is 92. She's doing really well. No real major falls. Um, I'm right. 66. My wife is, is close to my age, uh, about five years younger. But these menopausal issues are uh, important in kind of my family. And so mm -hmm. when I first became aware of you, I just thought this was just a fantastic subject. If for no other reason, I, I could learn more. I know my audience is going to be excited, but what led you down this path to learning more and to experiencing this and to uh, pursuing this as a, as a specialty, as a healthcare specialty that you have? Yeah. So thanks for that question. I, I rarely get asked that. Um, so, you know, the, the, the field of women's bone health is such an exciting one. Um, there's always, you know, a lot of evolution. We have treatment evolutions, understanding about how um, nutrition and exercise impacts bone health. Um, so I actually am a board-certified internist. Um, mm -hmm. I practice in Illinois, um, but I started my career in OBGYN, um, and I, you know, I, I I saw, you know, obstetrics as sort of a snapshot in time and really realized I wanted to take care of women uh, through, you know, through their reproductive life and, and beyond. And I really found, kind of stumbled into menopause uh, management and osteoporosis really because, uh, you know, a lot of those women fall through the sort of the medical cracks, so to say, uh, so to speak, you know, internists, gynecologist who kind of manages osteoporosis and menopause. And um, I, I completed a fellowship at the Cleveland Clinic, which was um, in midlife women's health, uh, exactly what I'm, what I practice now and what I focused on for the last 12 years. And it's such an exciting field. Like I said, I think we have the best colleagues in, in our field, really women who, and, and clinicians who want to take care of, of women uh, better um, through, again, uh, in the post-reproductive years. So the field is very exciting. Um, there, you know, the science of DEXA, which is the uh, way that we measure bone mineral density um, on those machines that uh, hopefully some of your uh, listeners have uh, had a screening bone density. Um, and that area is a very exciting field as well as, um, you know, how we counsel, um, evaluate and treat uh, women with bone health issues, osteoporosis and post-fracture care. So 
Um, I think that there is so much to educate on. So I'm so happy to be here. And I'm really, um, you know, excited to be opening my own practice called Bone and Body Women's Health um, mm-hmm. in Illinois here, uh, focused on primarily just on midlife women's health issues. So really dedicated to that sphere. And uh, and I'm working with Amgen, which is uh, one of the larger uh, pharmaceutical companies to bring really awareness about osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations on your work you. and in particular your new um, direction with uh, bone and body women's health. I think that sounds um, very exciting. Let, let's dive into menopause just a little bit because I think it's one of those subjects that men don't spend enough time on in terms of understanding it. They experience it. They they live it perhaps right along with their partners, but it, mm-hmm. it's baffling for, for so many of us. And and so I wonder if you help a man understand these hormonal changes that affect women's health and women's bone health in particular, and what women can do, what we as men can do to help women maintain those strong bones and prevent some of this osteoporosis that's going on. Great. I love that question, um, Paul. I mean, I, again, within the word menopause, right, mm-hmm. it's M-E-N is first. So <laughs> it's always nice to, um, you know, have a man interested in menopause. Um, yeah. And uh, so, it, you know, it begs the question. So, right. So when, you know, men, man, women alike, you know, gender, you know, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. it's really mm-hmm. important to understand that, you know, the reason that we talk, you know, about so many changes um, at, at midlife and at the menopause transition, which I just like to def- you know, define is, you know, the years um, around the final menstrual period, which we really menopause is a retrospective diagnosis of 12 months without a period or menses. Um, And sometimes that can be surgical menopause, that can be menopause uh, induced by a chemotherapeutic agent or another medication or natural menopause, um, which on average in the the United States is, is 51 and a half. And, you know, at menopause, particularly when we look at bone health, What's happening with the loss of menstruation is a loss of estrogen that is being secreted by the ovaries. Now, we do have estrogen secreted by some other tissues, but primarily the loss of estrogen and then other sex hormones really affects the bone um, mineral density and how much bone is being uh, created and how much bone is being lost. And at menopause, we sort of tip that balance. So something called remodeling or more bone loss is happening with that loss of estrogen. And that sort of speeds up around the time of the menopause transition, anywhere from the years before to the years after the final menstrual period. And then we also have aging along with that. Um, And and that those those hormone differences can really also impact um, calcium metabolism, um, exercise, you know, all of our cardiovascular, uh, you know, uh, indices. So all these things are happening around the time of menopause. And then really, um, again, you know, collectively can impact, um, you know, bone health, uh, particularly the risk of um, acquisition of bone and then also the risk of increased bone resorption or bone breakdown. As I mentioned, today's show is brought to you by Babbel.com. You know, for most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point of our, certainly my, academic career. I took Spanish from Senora Gibb, and while I enjoyed it, I certainly didn't leave class with any functional speaking ability. The truth is, it could really come in handy right now. So thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions, I'm addicted to the fun and easy way to learn a new language. All of this at age 66. We can do this in the Not Old Better Show audience. You know, whether you're going to be traveling abroad, 
connecting in a deeper way with family, which is exactly my case, or you just have some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. For me and my family, Spanish language would certainly come in handy right now. My son married a lovely young woman from Bolivia, and her family is primarily Spanish-speaking. As a matter of fact, my daughter-in-law's grandfather, who I just adore, he and I have gotten to be pretty close despite my not speaking Spanish fluently, and the same with him with regard to English. The two of us, we can grow closer very soon because I've started my new language learning journey with Babbel. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way for me to learn Spanish on the go. I can learn via Babbel's expertly crafted lessons that are built around real life. So, I'm going to learn to have practical conversations with my new in-laws about their travel, their relationships, their businesses, and more. And they've got great stories to tell me. Other language learning apps use AI for their lessons plans. But Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has actually been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, which I'm taking, or French or Italian or German or a bunch more. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcast games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. So right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash N-O-B. That's babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash N-O-B for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel. It's the language for life. All of this will be in our show notes today, but please check out babbel.com slash N-O-B. Thanks, everybody. Hi, it's Paul. We'll be right back with our guest today, Dr. Christy Tuff-Disapri and her medical specialty on postmenopausal osteoporosis. I mentioned our sponsor today is CastleFlex. And as people get older, they certainly lose some bone health. They also lose their natural range of motion. They're at risk of experiencing discomfort, arthritis, tighter muscles. The less range of motion a person has, the bigger odds for falls and injuries. Based on a recent clinical analysis, a decrease in the flexibility of the hip and shoulder joints by around 6 degrees per decade was found in older adults between 55 and 86. That's smack dab in the middle of our Not Old Better Show audience. The flexibility in these joints significantly begins to decline after 70 years. Again, right in the sweet spot for our Not Old Better Show audience. Experts believe with specific physical activity and stretching, people can influence this age-related loss and get their muscle strength back on track. Of course, you may not become a human-like pretzel, as you might have been back in the day, but you can give your body that joint and flexibility improvement it really needs. The thing is, you can become flexible at any age. Want to learn more? Check out castleflex.com. Here on the Castleflex page, you know, you're going to be able to take a closer look at everything in the human body as it grows older. You can also learn as I've done about how stretching can boost your range of motion and help you enjoy a more comfortable life, including the 
top most used stretching exercises that seniors use. So get right to it. Check out castleflex.com. You know, the benefits of stretching would take up this entire podcast, but just helping people with chronic pain issues they never thought would go away is probably the biggest benefit that I can share with you from Castle Flex. Pain in the lower back or in your feet, those can happen and the Castle Flex tool is designed just for this purpose. The problem is that stretching requires more time than a few seconds or minutes to address those issues. You can't just hold a rope and believe that the rope is going to give you anything or just a band. I see Too many people get stamped in the face with those cheap rubber bands. So they're a big no for me. Ropes, they don't pull your toes down and back the way a stretch therapist does for more effective stretch up the entire leg. And that is just another missing element of today's stretch straps. Well, in 2021, an inventor who was struggling with herniated discs named Don Castle launched an easy-to-use device called the Castle Flex, and it healed him in less than a year. People are saying it's the most effective upper and lower body stretching device ever created. I've used it, and it is amazing. They sent one to me, and, you know, it's not just me saying it. There are big names, Uh, the Atlanta Braves, uh, Martha Stewart, uh, Yankees superstar Harrison Bader, all are posting how the CastleFlex has helped them. It's a patented device that allows the user to hold an easy-to-grip weighted brushed aluminum bar. If that wasn't cool or unique enough for you, then listen to this. The foot goes into a specially designed foot hammock that pulls your toes into complete dorsiflexion allowing your entire leg to get stretched at the exact same time instead of just your calf or just your hamstring. Every muscle in your leg is firing at the same time from the plantar fascia all the way up to the glutes. You know, with the rise of pickleball for our generation, injuries are out of control. And with golf and summer activities just starting now, the timing is perfect for a get back in shape or even better stay injury free device like the Castle Flex. Checking online, they have a 4.9 review rating out of five and crazy famous celebrities using every single day. So as I say, I tried it for the first time and man, it was fantastic. It's the same price as one or two massages or chiropractic sessions, and it will be used daily for many years. So it has my vote. This device is like WD-40 for your aching bones and tight muscles. They have sold out seven times since launching in 2021, and they don't do sales, but we got a code for our community here on the Not Old Better Show audience. So take advantage and get one yourself by going to castleflex.com. That's castle, like where a king lives, and flex, spelled F-L-E-X-X, that's two X's. Check it out. They're USA-owned, they're vet-owned, they ship from Atlanta, Georgia, and they've got a two-month money-back guarantee. Our code is NOB10. All of this will be in our show notes, so please check it out. Go to castleflex.com, purchase today, use the code NOB10. You will be more than satisfied with the stretching that you're going to find with the CastleFlex device, mobility and strength. Go shop now. Use code NOB10. Thanks, everybody. We're with Dr. Christy Tuff DeSapri, is the Women's Bone Health Specialist and Founding Physician of Bone and Body Women's Health. We're talking about postmenopausal osteoporosis 
osteoporosis, or PMO, with Dr. Christy Tuff DeSapri. I wonder if you'd tell us a little bit about hormone replacement therapy, HRT. How does that help? What are the benefits? And maybe some of the risks that are associated with it, because I think I think we hear an awful lot about the hormone imbalance, and then we hear often this this acronym HRT. But here again, I don't think we know enough about it. Right. So this is a um, a large topic, right? So this is a large topic. But when we put the when we again with our scope of of you know talking today, when we talk about hormone therapy, and actually the term is hormone therapy for um, women who are postmenopausal. It's hormone mm-hmm. replacement therapy for women who are perhaps prematurely um, uh, going through menopause or surgical menopause or premature ovarian insufficiency. Um, and so this is a, is a large, you know, complicated uh, and, and nuanced discussion. You know, when we think about using hormone therapy, particularly um, around the menopause transition, um, the, you know, the, the indications for that are women who are having uh, menopausal symptoms such as bothersome and distressing hot flashes, which is also called night sweats. Um, where uh, we know that these are impacting a lot of women, you know, 70 to 80% of women will experience menopausal, these bothersome menopausal symptoms for five to seven years. And we know that women who experience these symptoms longer will continue to experience in them. And we know that, you know, with certain ethnicities of women, such as African-American women, black women, Hispanic women um, tend to have more symptomatic uh, of these so-called vasomotor symptoms. Other menopausal symptoms, things like cognitive change, brain fog, uh, sleeplessness, joint aches and pains, um, vaginal dryness, painful intercourse, these are also all associated again with the loss of uh, sex hormones and particularly bothersome menopausal symptoms. Um, so this is something that you know we, we you know, can treat and uh, really the, the Cadillac therapy for treating these symptoms um, is hormone therapy with in patients without any uh, contraindications or risks for hormone therapy. So the main contraindications for hormone therapy are women who um, have had a blood clot in the leg or lungs. Uh, That's something called a deep venous thrombosis or a pulmonary embolism. Women who have active cardiovascular disease, such as a a history of a heart attack or stroke. Women who've had a history of breast cancer, particularly estrogen receptor positive breast cancer. any undiagnosed or unexplained uh, vaginal bleeding, which again would would be another reason that you need to see a, a professional, either a menopause specialist or a gynecologist, uh, to evaluate that. So really, those are the only contraindications, and then it becomes a, a very much a risk benefit uh, discussion for women who are suffering from uh, menopausal symptoms. Um, when we think about using estrogen therapy or hormone therapy for bone health. That is also a discussion that uh, that we talk about. We know that some of our medical societies, um, particularly, again, this is where bone health sort of falls between the gap of internal medicine and gynecology and, and endocrinology, that we know that the FDA has approved hormone therapy and certain formulations of estrogen for prevention of osteoporosis. However, it's never been formally studied with a, re- with a randomized control trial to show uh, to prove, uh, at least for the FDA eyes, that there is a treatment uh, for a treatment indication for osteoporosis. However, uh, again, a nuanced discussion, you know, the largest uh, study we have, which is the Women's Health Initiative study, which was published way back in 2002 and really created a lot of upheaval in our prescribing of hormone therapy and how we discuss uh, hormones. 
that large study with all of its, you know, um, with all of its um, media attention, you know, 27,000 postmenopausal women studied showed that overall there was a risk, a risk reduction of 30% or more uh, reduced of uh, reduction of hip fractures and also spinal fractures in women on hormone therapy. Um, at standard doses. So again, this is a, this is where you know discussion with us, uh, healthcare providers um, that are you know understand this this literature and can share risk benefit um, and can understand you know how to manage menopause and and the you know again taking bone health in in addition to all the other uh, you know cardiovascular uh, conditions and um, cognitive. Com- concerns and um, discussion of the risk-benefit profile can also be beneficial. I want to ask you a question about this idea of collaboration because you've you've mentioned gynecology, mm-hmm. endocrinology, internal medicine, um, seems like orthopedics uh, probably plays a role. How should our mm-hmm. women listeners really kind of maneuver the collaboration between their healthcare professionals in, in making sure to manage and, and treat women's bo- bone health issues. We just need to really bring all this together and and maybe tell us a little bit about how you do it, but importantly, how, mm-hmm. how should our audience make sure that this is being done on their behalf? Yeah. So I think that you have a, you know, you really share, you know, an important, you know, distinction and it is in, you know, current medical care, we do need to, you know, find the appropriate sometimes specialist to, you know, answer the questions and, and then, you know, work with our primary care doctor in terms of, okay, you know, how can we bring this all together? So oftentimes when we think about women who have osteoporosis and who've had a fracture, so sort of the endpoint that we're trying to prevent, oftentimes those women are seeing um, a orthopedic surgeon or an orthopedic to fix that fracture or fix a hip fracture, which we know are, you know, the women's, a woman's risk of a hip fracture is equal to her risk of breast cancer, uterine cancer, and ovarian cancer. So we're really trying to prevent those those hip fractures because we know how many, you know, how significant the consequences of a hip fracture are, um, you know, when we look at the Medicare database of women over 65, a third of those women or 30% of those women uh, will um, die within the year because of complications from a hip fracture. Others um, are unable, unable to walk again or um, living in assisted living, unable to, you know, um, move independently. So these are all things that we're trying to prevent. And so when women have a hip fracture, let's say, and see an orthopedic surgeon, um, thankfully, those uh, folks can fix their fractures and, and um, can follow them and, and are, are trying to get those patients rehabbed. But oftentimes, this is where the disconnect happens. Um, we know that we look again at statistics, less than 25% of women who've had a hip fracture will receive uh, DEXA scanning, which is a you know evaluation of their bone mineral strength and, and quality, and receive a osteoporosis treatment to prevent the next fracture. And we know that those women who have had an osteoporosis-related fracture, uh, 20% or one, you know, one in five women will refracture within the next couple of years. So again, very important for you know for women who, when we're thinking about an osteoporosis-related fracture, to really obviously treat that fracture, mobilize that fracture, but then understand the underlying reason that the fracture happened. So whether that's, again, getting an evaluation with a bone mineral density, that might be something, this is where, you know, maybe your primary care doctor comes in, maybe it is the orthopedic surgeon, maybe you are referred to an endocrinologist or another specialist. Again, some sports medicine physicians, some uh, endocrinologists, some gynecologists, primary care doctors, really to follow up on what's the underlying reason for that fracture. 
Um, and then obviously think about evaluation, which um, is oftentimes some uh, blood and urine workup, understanding what um, the, uh, you know, your underlying calcium and vitamin D metabolism are, if there's any other risk factors for osteoporosis. And this is, again, where some, some of these specialists come in to really look at some, you know, your, your uh, nutrition, your exercise, and past medical his- history, medications, reproductive history, things like that that might impact your bone health now and in the future and also impact your fracture risk now in the future. So what I would say is looking, you know, primarily at um, if you've had a fracture, really looking at, again, the underlying cause, finding the right team, like you mentioned, uh, that can help you. Um, There's some really great resources um, online with the Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation. Again, a nonprofit really dedicated to um, education, awareness um, about uh, prevention of osteo and uh, treatment of osteoporosis. Um, and so they have a great website that you can actually find a physician who uh, specializes in you know, treatment and evaluation of bone health. Um, so that would be an, an option as well. And then also call, calling local hospital communities, word of mouth, um, things like that to try and find the right providers if, you, uh, if you've ha- um, sustained a fracture and need some follow-up. Thank you for that. I think that's really helpful. I think our audience is really going to benefit from that. I, I think we'll all benefit in hearing you talk a little bit about the misconceptions or, or myths about women's bone health that, that you've encountered, maybe a, a, a patient-specific, uh, you know, kind of a case study, but in particular how you, how you go about debunking some of those myths and, and uh, mm-hmm. helping you know, make sure to communicate uh, the accurate information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there there are so many myths. And I, I think, um, again, just having, you know, media coverage about this and discussion about osteoporosis is, is, is very important, because many women, um, ex, you know, ex, sort of accept osteoporosis or fractures or falls um, as a normal you know, part of aging. I mean, unfortunately, as we know, you know, one out of three women will fall over the age of 65. And when women fall and they have a lower bone density, inevitably fractures can occur. But this really should not be, you know, accepted uh, as a normal part of aging. And so, you know, there's been, um, you know, more information um, um, from the CDC, from the NIH, things like that about how to evaluate um, falls and how to work on fall prevention, both in the office and then also at home. So more, um, you know, discussion about, again, this is, this is not inevitable. Fractures, you know, can be prevented. We have um, very effective treatments, um, FDA-approved treatments that have, you know, been studied since the 1990s and, and even earlier. Um, so many classes of medicines that really can prevent and treat osteoporosis um, really by, you know, when we look at the comparisons by 50 to 60% reductions in, in fractures, particularly hip fractures, spinal fractures. These are the fractures that really are life-altering. So I think that's one common myth that osteoporosis is inevitable. This is a normal part of aging and this is uh, falls, et cetera. This is absolutely not true. Um, the other, you know, myth I would say um, is that I think, you know, in our society, we've really um, come to, you know, be uh, very, um, you know, very uh, dependent uh, or on supplements. And I think mm. that there is uh, supplementation is important. I, I was just reading a statistic that vitamin D sales are expected to be 1.3 billion by 2025. Wow. But I want to underestimate, I want to, you know, uh, underscore the fact that calcium and vitamin D are very important um, minerals for uh, for bone metabolism and for bone mineralization and, and strengthening and they're important building blocks. 
uh, for you know, mineralizing and strengthening bone. However, when women have have osteoporosis, that's just one part of the treatment paradigm. So, you know, calcium, vitamin D, exercise, fall prevention, um, posture balance, training, all these things are very important, as well as, you know, treatment of osteoporosis with, you know, FDA-approved therapies, medications. Um, because we know um, from many of our, you know, clinical trials that when calcium and vitamin D are given, um, really, again, by themselves and women who've had who have severe osteoporosis, who've had fractures, really, those aren't going to affect and really affect their risk of a fracture and really treat their osteoporosis. So I really see it as a very important, um, you know, part of the treatment discussion, all of these things. And so it's not just one size fits all or one treatment for osteoporosis. It's really very multidisciplinary and finding someone to discuss that is, is, is very important. Um, and then my last sort of, I think, myth is, which is sort of bundled into what we've just been talking about is, you know, a lot of um, women think medication is too risky. I, you know, I obviously I I think shared decision making and individualization is so important in all of the the medical care that we give now, and and particularly important for women's health as we just talked about the the risks and benefits of hormone therapy. Um, but I would just I always caution women that you know if we know that fractures are preventable, um, and hip fractures, like I mentioned, are you know, associated with significant morbidity, mortality, loss of independence, and so. Really, you know, when we think about medication risk, we also need to think about the other side of the coin where the risk of untreated osteoporosis really can, uh, you know, really change women's trajectory, particularly women who are, you know, postmenopausal and have different plans. So I think it's looking at the, looking again at what the goals of therapy are, looking at really understanding the risks and benefits of treatment um, with someone, uh, looking at that with a, you know, a fine tooth comb and, and looking at that with your own individual risk. Um, you know, in mind is important. We talk an awful lot on this show about exercise and the value of physical activity. And, and I, I wonder mm-hmm. if you, because you, you've you've mentioned it, and, and I want to just go back and have you touch on the uh, subject one final time. And if for no other reason mm-hmm. than to just state the obvious for us, <laughs> just remind sure. us all how important exercise and physical activity are, particularly for um, preventing and managing uh, postmenopausal osteoporosis. What what are maybe give us some some specific exercises that might be beneficial for women during this stage of life? Yeah, great question. So you know, as physicians, it's so interesting, right? We are we are trained so much in um, you know allopathic medicine to think of you know diagnosis, evaluation, treatment, and that generally is just pharmacologic therapy, but we know for so many of our, you know, conditions, whether it's cardiovascular disease, uh, diabetes, all these other things that, you know, nutrition, lifestyle, um, all of these things, you know, are, are impactful. So, you know, when we look at, you know, bone health and when we look at, you know, bone building, you know, the reason why we recommend for our young, you know, children and young kids to, you know, exercise is we really are building our bones through our teens, our 20s, um, where our bone mass acquisition happens, um, which is, again, the sort of, I just describe it to my patients as the bone bank that we're building. Um, And so it's really important in those, you know, formative years that we're doing weight-bearing exercise and exercise. Um, And then when we, you know, get to our postmenopausal years and and beyond, we know that 
um, exercise stimulates the osteoblast or the bone forming cells. And so um, it's very important to continue doing, you know, some exercise. And we know there's a very strong um, interaction too with muscle and bone. Um, and this is something, a huge topic that's being discussed more is that there's, you know, crosstalk between these things and obviously stronger muscles is going to support the bone around the muscle. Uh, strong bones is, is probably going to support the muscle as well, leads to also preventing risks of falls. Um, and so, and so when we think about exercise at this time, we really want to be thinking about resistance exercise, um, which um, again is, you know, can be some cardiovascular exercise, um, things like, you know, walking have sometimes been called into question with bone health, maybe that's not quite enough. So um, we need to doing some sort of resistance or some sort of um, a stress on the bone there. Uh, uh, which is important. I generally try and make it easy for my patients. You know, I say, you know, what's good for the brain is good for the heart is good for the bone. So 150 minutes of uh, resistance or cardiovascular exercise uh, weekly um, is what's recommended. Um, in terms of posture balance exercises, this is something that is critically important. Um, you can do this at home. You can do this with um, exercise professionals. Sometimes I refer my patients to physical train, physical therapists, trainers. Um, you know, there's a, a there's had home options, et cetera, to work on posture balance, which is literally just some, and, and for, for quick and dirty, I recommend that patients at least try and stand uh, on one leg for 15 to 20 seconds. You can close your eyes if you're, you think you're more advanced. Uh, you want to be doing that in an area where if you do, are you, you are concerned that you might have a fall risk that you are holding on to either a back of a chair or a countertop, or you can do that supervised, uh, ask, you know, partner, friend, et cetera, to do that. Um, again, posture exercises to work on something. If I could show you, I would show you. Mm -hmm. um, work on your your spinal extensor muscles, which are um, in the thoracic or upper part of your back, which is very important. Low back pain is a very common cause of, of core, a weaker core exercises to work on the core as well can help. And I always sort of tailor this to where, you know, where women are. You know, some of my women are, you know, triathletes and, and have been athletes their whole life. Others are you know, trying to maintain their, their bone mass and, and maintain their exercise level. Others are avid walkers. Um, others have sustained a fall or in their 70s and 80s. Um, and, you know, we really need to work on, okay, how to, you know, regain that independence or feel confident, you know, at home or in the community with the activities that they want to do. Um, there's so many national programs out there, silver sneakers. There's a lot of um, sport, you know, uh, um, uh, senior centers that often uh, offer a lot of classes. There's even PBS has classical stretch. So I really try and sort of tailor to to what my um, you know what, what what patients and what women are you know are, are capable of and what we really what the goals of of treatment are. But I would say the core tenants are working on resistance exercises, working on balance, core and posture, and then if you can again doing some sort of weight bands ex exercises again to work on that resistance exercise supporting the muscle around the bone. Final question for you, Dr. Christy Tuff de Sabre. I, I wonder if you tell us our audiences spread throughout the United States, throughout the world, but primarily mm -hmm. in rural areas in the United States. So maybe give some advice to women who are concerned about their bone health, but they might not have the access to specialized clinics or to healthcare providers that that you've been uh, outlining so so well. What are some of the general steps that? Uh, men and women in our audience can take to protect their bone health? Mm -hmm. Well, I, you know, yeah, thanks for that question. And, and, and obviously, yes, this is these, 
you know, sorts of discussions in your podcast and your radio show really help to highlight, you know, discussion topics of discussion and, and particularly things that are really affecting a lot of women, but we sometimes don't hear about them or don't, you know, don't see them out in, in the public. Um, so, right. So, and, and fractures are happening everywhere. You know, we know, you know, there's 9 million fractures annually. A fracture occurs every three seconds um, worldwide. So, these things are happening in, in a lot of places. So my first you know, step would be, like we talked about, to diagnose um, and understand your fracture risk, or if you are at risk for osteoporosis, understand your you know, risk factors, ask your family, um, uh, maternal, paternal history of hip fracture, look at your medications or medicines, um, and see if there's anything that can affect your bone, you know, bone mass and, and bone mineral density. Um, and then most hospitals and clinics and diagnostic centers really have access to something, the DEXA scan, which is, again, a, a very low radiation, takes about 10 to 15 minutes, a scan that gives us really the best estimate of your bone strength. Um, so I think that there's quite a bit of access to those to those DEXA scans, and that's generally um, pretty easily ordered um, for women who are at, at higher or men who are at higher risk. Um, so that's one thing that I would say. I think the you know other thing was just to, like I mentioned, you know, not accept that osteoporosis or fractures are uh, a normal part of aging. So make sure that you are finding someone. You know, now we are doing a lot of telehealth and telemedicine mm -hmm. as well um, for you know treatment of of these conditions. So um, you know, you can if you can't physically access someone in your community and in, in these larger um, hospital centers, uh, there is generally some access to some of these professionals via virtual visits. Um, and as well, I really would recommend, you know, there's a lot of great resources online. Um, the Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation is one of them. I have some great videos um, on my website uh, and some patient information there as well and more coming soon. So um, I think that there is a lot of um, a, a lot of information that you can equip yourself with as well. That's great. We will put up links so that our audience can find out more about Dr. Christy Tuff Disapri. Dr. Christy Tuftisapri is Women's Bone Health Specialist and Founding Physician of Bone and Body Women's Health. And we'd love to have you back. This is, I think, a subject that uh, is particularly important this, uh, this month during uh, May's awareness of postmenopausal osteoporosis. But please, please come back, Dr. Christy. We'd, we'd love to talk again to you. I know our audience is going to be just fascinated by this. Congratulations on your work, and thanks so much for your generous time today. Thank you, Paul, for having me. I hope this does help your listeners. Oh, just immeasurably. Thank you. My thanks to Dr. Christy Tuff DeSapri in honor of postmenopausal osteoporosis PMO month here in May. My thanks to our sponsors, CastleFlex for stretching and mobility, and Babel, the language for life. Please support our sponsors, who in turn support the show. My thanks always to the Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. My thanks to you, my wonderful Not All Better Show audience on radio and podcasts. Please be well, be safe, and let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Remember, just Google Not Old Better for everything you need to know about us. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next week.